G'day friends, welcome back. Cast your mind back, if you will. Cast your mind back to round 11 of this year, 2022. We've just defeated North Melbourne by 50 points. We are walking into our bye, eight and three. We are in fourth. We're fourth on the ladder. We're eight and three. Things are looking Great. Max is right up there in the Coleman. Sinclair's on his way to an All-Australian. Daniel McKenzie's having the best year of his career. We've blooded young talent. Windhager, Owens, Nasai Wangani, Malira. We've had the exciting explosion of Jack Hayes, albeit followed by an ACL. Um, we've, we've got the Ryder and Marshall combo working brilliantly. Everything, everything is going swimmingly. We've also beaten Geelong two weeks prior, who would become the eventual premiers. Here we are on October the 24th. Brett Ratton is gone and Ross Lyon. No, it is in 2007. (laughs) Ross Lyon is the coach of the St Kilda Football Club. I gotta say, this it is it's not it's like a movie. This is the strangest feeling. Seeing him in the St Kilda Polo, seeing him hold a press conference in the St Kilda Polo, it is the strangest feeling. It's honestly really hard to describe. And and looking at the reactions from Saints fans, I've never seen anything so mixed. There there is it seems to be a pretty close to like looking in the comments and, and hearing what people have to say, it's pretty close to a 50-50 divide on people who love it and people who hate it. I've put a lot of thought into where I fall, so Let's get into it. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. So Thursday night a week ago, so like Thursday week back, um, it's like 10.30 at night and the the news starts to filter through that Ratten's been sacked. Uh, It was really, really hard. What the hell happened to my accent then? It was hard. (laughs) What happened then? It was really hard to verify um, whether it was true or not pretty quickly because everyone was fucking in bed. <laughs> so it was true. It, it took me half an hour to figure out whether or not it was legit. It was legit. Um, so I knew it was going to be a crazy couple of weeks. We all knew. Um, the next day they held the press conference. 
where um, Andrew Bassett and Simon Lethlene, who I've got a bit to say about as well, um, sort of said a whole lot of nothing at all and made themselves look a bit silly and made themselves look a bit callous. Um, so that whole process. So Ratten being sacked is the end result of the review, right? Um, I don't have... I, I I don't have an enormous problem with him being sacked, honestly. I've 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 really, really liked him as our coach, but I've thought for probably twelve months that he's not gonna be our man. You can sort of tell that he doesn't have the premiership winning coach vibe. Um he's a good coach, but I just don't think he has it in him. He lacks like I've said many times before, he doesn't have the creativity especially on game day, um, to, to be adaptable. Um, I think he's a really serviceable coach, but I think that's all he is, rats. Um, so we we absolutely um, thank him for his time and appreciate everything he did. Took us to our first final um, in a long time, a great finals victory, um, which was really, really special in what was a rough year in 2020. Um, so that was amazing, but um, yeah, his his time is up, and that's as ruthless as you can be. And it was ruthless by by the board, um, but I don't think it was unnecessary. I think it was the move to make. The manner in which it was done probably could have been uh, looked at, um, but what's happened happened. And look, the way that they spent a week with him, basically having him beg for his job. I didn't love, and I know that they all love him to bits, and I understand why they did that, but I think it was kind of cruel in the end because it seems like there was nothing he could have said that could have changed their minds. So that was actually pretty fucked up in the end. Um, and what I really, really, what actually irks me more than anything is that Lethlane's still there. He needs to step down. I know he's just got a new job. And like, and it would be a big old thing if he was to step down. But seriously, the review was of the football department that he was running. I know he's not running it anymore, but it, he was running it five minutes ago. Yeah. And the review showed that it was a mess. And while I do think that Rats had to go at some point, it seems like they've used him as a scapegoat, um, which is pretty shit, honestly. So... I'm not a fan of Lethlanes and I will continue to not be. Let's say that. Um, so they hold that press conference. They're like, oh, we haven't got anybody just yet, which was a fucking lie. <laughs> it was a lie. I really think the way that the, so the press conference today, right, had Lethers, Bassett and Lyon and the way all three of them uh, had a pretty solid, story but also a not solid story about when the first phone call was made and this and that and the timeline I really think that someone had spoken to Ross before that Thursday night I really think they had um which is you know think of that what you will but they they knew what they wanted um again like if they had a pick of every coach in the land they're probably not going Ross but they needed someone with his pedigree and someone with his hard edge, I think is what they're looking for. And there's no one else available who is anything like that at all. Um, so 
So Ross is what we end up with. And we, we've known for like a week that it was going to be Ross. Um, basically, there was like everyone, like I thought it, like originally until like, you know, Tuesday last week when we didn't hear any other name afterwards apart from Ross. I thought it was going to be Uze or Harvey, like one of the, one of these assistants who's been around for a while and has, you know, looked into senior coaching jobs. I really thought it was going to be Uze. Um, but then, yeah, from like the middle of last week onwards, even like before that, like Tuesday or Monday, we didn't hear another name apart from Lyons. And and here we are, Ross Lyon, 11 years after departing. Let's just talk about that, right? So that doesn't happen very often. We're seeing a lot of players now leave their first club, go to another club, and then come back to their original club later on. Lots of players are doing that nowadays. But you never see coaches do it, not in the modern era. It happened a lot more in the past. Um, you know, Jezelinko, Parkin, to name a couple. I think Alan Jeans did it at Hawthorne, I think. Um, and, like, oh, you can't really count. Like, if you want to go really recent, I don't think you can count James Hurd because he got suspended from coaching and then came back. <laughs> so I don't think that counts. Um, that there isn't a coach in in the last 30 years who's left their club, gone to another club and coached, and then come back to their original club. Definitely not in the fashion that Ross has and definitely not over the amount of time. Like Parkin, he he left the blue. He was at Fitzroy for six years, I think, and then came back to Carlton. And he won premierships at Carlton on both sides of that. <laughs> So that like six years is a long time. Eleven years, eleven years since Ross was at St Kilda. My God! And look, the the way that that ended wasn't great. Um, a lot of people give Ross a lot of shit for it, and it's kind of deserving, but kind of not. He the contract that was put in front of him was bullshit, as far as I'm aware. Um, so and and Fremantle were like, you know, we're gonna fuck. Mark Harvey over. Do you want to try to come coach the Dockers? He's like, okay, I got I got three little kids. Let's go. Let's go to Perth. Um, so yeah, that is what it is. It's more than a decade in the past, and I think that's how they're all seeing it. It is in the past. There's no players left at the club from that era now that Geary has retired. The only player on our list who Ross has coached previously is Brad Hill, who I'm going to talk about later. Um, so yeah, as the week went through. Uh, you know, last week it became, you know, the shortest odds of anything ever <laughs> that it was going to be Ross. We had to wait over the weekend and then it was announced today and they did the press conference and they did the photo shoot with him and the polo and they filmed a little uh, video and they posted it on Instagram and it is, I said in the intro, it is strange. It feels like I've gone back in time, like seeing him. Hearing his, like I've heard he's been in the media, he's been hearing his voice with the St Kilda sponsors behind him, with the St Kilda polo on. It feels like I fell asleep in 2011 and I've woken up and and I've missed all that time in between. It is so bizarre. And it, like it, it's he's this he's exactly the fucking same. He's the same person. He looks the same. He's got the same Rossisms, like his weird analogies about 
dentists and and dreaming and and all that stuff he was saying. He is such a he's such a unique fellow. My God, he's not going to be. He's not fucking boring. I tell you that he is not boring. That is the absolute last thing he is. God, St Kilda post match press conferences are going to be mandatory viewing <laughs> from now on. Oh man. And you can tell that he's still like he's he's in a good mood. He was bubbly Ross. He was bubbly, cuddly Ross in this presser. He's cracking jokes. He was smiling. He's like when when that I don't know who it was who asked him about the vacant assistant job. He's like, we, we're gonna have something for you pretty soon. And and the I'm pretty sure it's hard to hear, but I'm pretty sure the person who asked the question went a familiar face, and Ross goes with his wry smile, he's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Like he was cheeky, he was charming. Man, he's for someone like you look at him, he looks like the most average bloke ever. But my god, he has got charisma. There is something about him. He, he just he he is quite something. <laughs> he's quite something. Oh man, fuck. But yeah, it's it is a seriously strange time. It's going to take a bit of getting used to. It's going to be like round six next year, and I'm still going to be feeling really, really weird about all of this. It is so bizarre. Um, Okay. I'm going to talk about... Actually, before I go on, I want to talk about Lenny Hayes. Um, I think... I I love this. I, I was... I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. It is really like a movie. How they, how they really... Like, they're starting to get the band back together. Lenny was already there. He's going to be the midfield coach. I love that. I love that. He was a, he did a really good job at the Giants. He was their midfield coach when, in 2019 when they made the grand final. Um, so he's got he's got a you know really good experience there being a good midfield coach. And he's obviously one of the best St Kilda players of all time. Um, so I love that he's back. Robert Harvey has all but been confirmed to come back. There's been a lot of coverage, a lot of um, non-news source confirmations of him coming back to St Kilda today. Um, So that might come in the next couple of days. Don't know whether he's going to be the forward coach or he's just going to be some sort of senior assistant in some sort of other role. I don't know. Um, But man, and and like... Like, Brendan Goddard's not going to come and be a coach. He's not a fucking coach. But, like, him, Rui, Dale being the coach of the girls, all these guys, there is this magnetic pull back to St Kilda by those guys from that era who missed out. And Rui's overseas. He's in America. He spends every summer in America, every Australian summer. I should say, um, I don't know when he'll be back, but when he comes back, he's going to be swamped. He's going to be interviews left, right, and center. He's he's going to be, and he is on the board of the club, I believe, but I don't think he has any other official role at St Kilda. Is he going to, like, again, he isn't a coach. Nick Rewalt, despite being the brilliant player that he was, and he's, like, he's an analyst, he's on Fox and all that, He's he's not a coach. He's got no coaching experience. He's not going to step in and be an assistant coach in the forward line, right? But will he take some sort of admin role? Will he take on some sort of development role? Because all these guys love Ross to bits. They adore him. They speak 
so glowingly of him because of the relationships that he builds. He is extremely demanding, but all you got to do is work hard and he and he will love you forever. And that's how he formed that bond with those guys who played consistently through that era. They still they still catch up once a year. All that like you see the photo once a year. There's like 15 guys there. It's always Milney and Bakes and Rui and Dal and Joey, all those Goddard, all those guys. Um so I I'm as silly as it seems, this whole getting the really getting the band back together. Maybe they can get Sauce back <laughs> to work on the list. I don't know. Um Yeah, it it's got this really romantic feel about it. And this is either gonna work big or fail big. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Now, how is Ross gonna coach? Because obviously he like he took St Kilda as close to the promised land as you can get. Didn't quite get there, but St Kilda was the dominant side for two and a half, three years there, right? Um, we we played in two or three prelims under Grant Thomas through the mid two thousands, and we're a good team, but we weren't changing the landscape of the AFL. Ross Lyon takes a hold of St Kilda's list and turns off turns us into a defensive powerhouse, right? Ross Lyon changed the way the AFL worked in terms of scoring and and defense, something that the league has only just started to recover from in the last couple of years. Ross Lyon had a lot more impact on the AFL as a whole than a lot of people realize. St. Kilda were so hard to score against, so hard to score against, And, and we were winning games like by being really, really defensive and coaches going, gee whiz, this really works. And and it was a big part of the reason why you saw scoring get so low for so long. It was a byproduct of what Ross turned St. Kilda into. And then it flowed on for a decade. Um, We're not going to get that now. We aren't. I knew we weren't going to get it before he spoke today at the press conference because he'd, he'd never get the job if he was like, yeah, what I did last time, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm my, my tact, the game's the same, isn't it? Like, like why, why would I change? No, of course he isn't going to do that. And what I was really hoping he would say, he said, I wanted to hear what his game plan, what his very, very early draft of a game plan was going to be. And he said the magic words. Up tempo. We're going to play fast football. He said it. I couldn't believe he actually gave us some fucking information because Lethleen and Bassett never say a goddamn thing. They all, they beat around, like most people who get interviewed anywhere in the world, politicians, sports people, they never give you anything. One thing you can count on is Ross Lyon, Ross Lyon answering your question. So he said, you know, I haven't like he hasn't gone through the list with a fine tooth comb. Obviously, he's get he probably start doing that as the preseason gets on. He's going to figure out like you know who who is determined, who's got different skills. He's he's got a lot of learning to do about our players. But what he said, he goes, I know we've got pace. I know we can play up tempo football. 
God, that is exciting. That is exciting because that is something that Rats really failed on, especially in the second half of this year. Our slow, oh, excuse me, our slow, boring, predictable ball movement. It, it, it's the reason we lost so many games because we were fucking easy as hell to play against. My God, just uninspired ball movement. If if what Ross has said is you know gonna you know hold true, we're not going to see that because he's already identified what he thinks a strength of ours is, and that's our pace. Don't waste this realization. Let's use it. Let's start practicing with that in mind. So into the next part of what I want to talk about here is is all the players that have sort of got maybe question marks or question marks in different ways, whether it's form, effort, what position they're going to play in, whether whether they're going to be playing at all. That sort of unlocked a lot of thoughts in my head, what he said about playing fast football. First thing I thought was, is he going to play, is he going to go younger? Right, because when St Kilda was going really, really well under him a decade ago, you couldn't break into the side. Jaron Geary did, which says a lot about him, but every single week it was the same players who played every single week. Um mostly. It was really, really hard to get a game under Ross if you weren't Dal, Joey, Hayes, Rui, Milne, Schneider. Blakey, Fisher, you know, like all, all the all the big names at the Saints in that era. So is that going to be the same now? I think that'll be another thing that he changes. I think in the first half of next year, we're going to lose a lot of games. And I think he's prepared for that. I don't think he's got any big intentions for next year. If shit happens, shit happens. He'll go with the flow like McRae did this year. Um but I think he's really going to test out the list. He's going to play the kids. He's going to play people in different positions. He's going to see who's got the stuff, I reckon. And I reckon he's going to be happy, not happy, but he's going to be content to cop losses so that he can learn what team he's got. Because a disadvantage of this coming so late in the year is this isn't his list. This is Ratten's list. Like he didn't get his mitts on the trade period. He's going to be able to go to the draft, which is good. Um, we haven't got a heap of picks. We've got a couple of good ones. Um, but he didn't get to be part of the trade period. So he might be able to get himself a delisted free agent or two, you know, supplementary player here and there, maybe. Um, but this is Ratten's list. So he's got an off season and, you know, however much time it takes of next year to figure out what that is. And he's already in the press conference here singled out. He identified Marcus Windhager. He's like, I saw him in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Talked about his ability. Um, so there's one young player who we know is going to be playing in round one. <laughs> He's already a favorite of Ross after two minutes. <laughs> so that's good. But then you wonder, so let, let me let, let me go through this list of players I've got here, right? First thing I want to talk about is the wings. Yeah. So we are actually at an enormous advantage now. The wing position is a really, really important one if you can get it right. And St. Kilda have got five legitimate wingers. 
which is a really, really great thing to have. And I've got to thank Ratten for unlocking D-Mac and Mason Wood on the wings this year because it's really opened up the possibilities, right? Um, so the first player I want to talk about is Brad Hill. Now, he was an All-Australian under Ross at Fremantle. He's been really, really disappointing uh, for the most part since he came to St Kilda three years ago. That's going to change. Ross knows how to coach Brad. This is going to reignite Hill's career. He's going to go back to being one of the best wings in the competition because what does he? what's he the best at at St Kilda? Running. He's the best runner we've got. He can run all f- fucking day. One of the best runners in the comp, and that's exactly what Ross spoke about, our ability to run. Yeah, so Hill, for the first time in bloody ages, is actually going to be playing on the wing. I can guarantee you that 100%. 100% he'll be playing on the wing. Thank God for that. And Ross knows how to use him, so he'll be playing well on the wing as well, which is so good to hear. So Hill is on one wing. Who's on the other? Well, if we want pace, it'll be Nasaya. It'll be Wangani Milira on the other wing, um, which again is going to come down to, is Ross going to play the kids more? Because you, you could have Nasaya, but then your other options are D-Mac, Wood, and Billings. Billings is a player I'm going to talk a little bit more about. But D-Mac and Wood really established themselves on those wings this year. I think Mackenzie, before he got hurt, he was doing really, really well in our best and fairest. And it'll be hard to see him missing out because he is a hard worker. It'll be hard and he's a good runner. It'll be hard to see him missing out on being in our best side, but he might be. I don't know. It's going to be up to whether Ross is going to go with the kids or not. Um but D Mac was a he's been a favorite of all the coaches he's played. Like Alan Richardson loved him. Ratton really liked him. It's because of his work ethic. Like he's just a he's just a like he's an honest football. He doesn't have enormous skill, but he's got a great tank and he works hard. So who knows what Ross could turn him into if he takes a liking to him. Um yeah, and, and Mason Wood is a lot more flexible. I think he really is now. He really has to be a wing if he's playing. I don't want to see him be like the seventh forward or something like that. He seems to get lost when he's doing that. But when he when he was playing on the wing, he was getting forward. He was getting back. He was really, really running well. So that's where I'd like to see him playing if he's going to be in the team. So I think Ross will love having all those options on the wing because when you talk about when, if you're going to have a running team, the wing becomes an even more important position to your game plan. So going off the little that he's said, my vibe is it'll be Hill and Nasaya playing on either wing round one. That is what I'm thinking. Billings, first of all, so so Billings was pick three in 2013, which we're coming up on a decade from now, and he's underperformed for most of his career. Right, if if he was to have another poor, year, I don't know when he's had a contract, but if he's looking down the barrel of another poor year, his career is probably going to be over. Right, um, he was taking the pick before Marcus Bontempelli. If we can sort of imagine the pressure that would put on you, um, will this finally be the coach who can unlock Billings' potential? Because he does have an enormous amount of potential. He's got a lot of skill. He is an excellent kick. 
Often left footers are also really good on their right. He is the best right foot kick left footer I've ever seen at St Kilda. He is brilliant on both feet. Um, But again, where does he play? He's played half forward a lot in his career. Does he play on the ball? I don't know if that's really his thing. Is it the wing? If, If I'm going to put him anywhere, I'm putting him on the wing or in the forward line. Again, Ross will be able to work with him a bit and really see where his best position will be. I could see being in the forward line as well, but our forward line's already really busy and there's a lot less opportunities in in the forward line unless he really shines um, at training in that position. So Billings is one player who has underperformed for a long time who Ross might be able to just unlock. We might see Billings play 22 really good games next year. We don't know. There's a few players like him who I'm going to sort of go through who... You know, who you would sort of consider on the fringe at St. Kilner um, or have been on the fringe at different times. I think once Ross really sinks his teeth into this team, and it'll probably be by the end of next year, I would say, there is no there are no fringe players. There are the players who are in and there are the players who are out. There's no like, oh, I wonder if he's going to pick Zach Jones this week. It'll be either Jones is the first guy picked in the midfield or he's not even in our best fucking 26. <laughs> like, that's that's how it's going to sort of turn out. We're going to know where everyone's at and everyone at the club is going to know where everyone's at, which is like it's full on, but it's, it's the way it's got to be. Um, and it's good. I think it's good. Let's talk about the forward line. So the small forwards. So Butler, Higgins, and I'm going to include Owens in this as well. I don't know if Owens is going to turn into a midfielder. I don't know if there's going to be room for him, but I think he's sort of a medium uh, forward. I think he's got a lot of potential. So again, if he's keen on playing the kids, we're going to see Owens playing a lot more football. Butler and Higgins have sort of, like Butler had an amazing year in 2020 and Higgins has had little flashes of brilliance. Like he's kicked bags of five a couple of times. He will have like one or two huge games every year, but then really go missing in big patches and his kicking has been a problem. We know that. So where are these two guys at? Yeah. Can they both fit in the team if we're playing a Billings in the forward line and an Owens? You know, is is they going to are they going to be midfielders bleeding into the forward line because so many of them are in such good form? Don't know. Is he going to try and make them into a Milne Schneider Wombo combo? Again, I don't know. Um, but like the, again, these are the sort of players whose whose form, like Higgins and Butler, I think have both always been in our best team. But but their form has really peaked and troughed over time. One thing Butler is fantastic at is his pressure, and Ross will love that. So Butler, I, if Ross can find if he can find an anchor, if he can be like right, you are brilliant at this one thing, and that makes you worthy of playing in the team, right? All we got to do is fix the few things around that that aren't working. Like he takes Dan Butler, whose forward pressure is excellent, and increases his ability to score or improves his ball use or something like that. 
And then suddenly you've got an amazing small forward. He takes Higgins, right, who, whose effort is also really good, but he goes missing for big patches in games, and sometimes his goal-kicking is really poor. So he fixes those things up. Suddenly you've got an amazing small forward. If, if he takes, you know, a... a Max King, right? Obviously, we know what Max's issue is. It's his confidence and it's his goal kicking, right? If he can show Max how to get around the ground, how to get more ball, how to improve his kicking, like Max like had a, an average year and he's kicked 50-plus goals. Like, <laughs> that's not bad. If he can turn Max into 60 or 70 goals suddenly it's we're a bit more serious. Um, so that's what we what I'm really, really hoping Ross can do. But yeah, with the with the small forwards, I think I think we will see Butler and Higgins every week. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I worry about but I, I, oh man, it's gonna be fascinating. I'm fascinated to see how these guys like Higgins and King and Jones react. These guys who were kids and or teenagers following St Kilda when Ross was coach, um, Jack Sinclair as well, all Saints boys. So you know that they were kids when I was a kid. <laughs> I was a kid when Ross was coaching us through that great era. So it'll be fascinating to see how they go. Like Higgins is already a really hard worker and he loves St Kilda so much will he find even more effort because you know like you know this is a big buy-in you know is he is higgins going to be coached by robert harvey be like one of his like man imagine the motivation the potential for motivation that that is that's crazy um Two players who I'm really interested to see how they go next year is Bytel and Burns. I was surprised that they gave Bytel an extension and not Leanit. Um, farewell, Jared Leanit, I will say. Um, I thought he did really, really well in the 11 games he played this year. I guess not well enough. Um, they, they've given Bytel an extension who couldn't break into the senior side once this year, not even as a medical sub. So they obviously see potential with him there. Um, but those are two guys who have really, you know, they are the definition of a fringe player, um, especially Burns, who is, you know, come, would come into the side. He's been the medical sub a bunch of times, but he's never you've like in your starting 22. So can he turn one or both of those guys into a really, really good midfielder? Like Bytel was, you know, before he hurt his back in his draft year, he was looking at being taken pretty high. So... You know, does he have talent yet to be unlocked? We don't know. Um, but those are two guys who I'll be watching closely as well. Another one is Clark. So he's had two pretty heavily injury-interrupted years. Um, I should say that about Billings as well. He had a few injuries this year. So it's hard to be super critical of where he's at at the moment. But Clark, I don't know, because he's sort of, his whole career he's played halfback and midfield. Really halfback sort of pressing up to be an extra mid around the contest. I don't know if either of those places are for him. And I've, I said this in my 2022 season review a couple of months ago now. I think Clark should be played in the forward line. I really do. Because what we've struggled with there is like our efficiency going inside 50 and then our efficiency once we get in there. And Clark is, he'd be in the top three 
users of the ball at the football club, I would say. Um, so, you know, I really... Th- and who knows what Ross is going to be thinking about all these different players at this point. And who knows how much he's going to play around with positions and stuff. But I think this is... Because obviously, like, Clark was a high draft pick. He was taking pick seven. Caulfield at pick eight. He's another one. He's coming off an ACL. Um, he'll be back for round one. Does, does he? Caulfield's a bit different because he is really... He's a pure medium defender. He's not one. Oh, let's throw him in the midfield. Let's throw him forward. No, no, no. He, he plays in the back line. So, whereas Clark is... He does have that flexibility. And I really think giving him a go across half forward could be really beneficial. Another one is Gresham. Obviously, Gresham's in your in your best 22. He's one of our best players. Is he a midfielder? Is he going to play another 150 games in the midfield? Or is he a forward? If he's a forward, where do you fit Higgins and, and Butler? Where do you fit Billings or Clark? You know, so... I find that really interesting. I feel like Ross could turn Gresh into a great midfielder because he's that point of difference. If you want to have the the grit in there of of steel and whether it's Crouch or Windhager or Jones or Ross is a bit more flexible. He can play inside and outside. But, you know, if you want to have the, the, the head over the ball, get in there, sort of, you know, contested possession type guys, you need that point of difference. You need the pace on the outside. You need someone who can hold a little bit of width and then get the ball and run it out of stoppage, right? So, and Gresh is that sort of player. So, you know, I I would think that that's what Ross will probably go for, given the things I've already talked about in all the different small forwards we've got and the players who might need a new start on on half forward. So, you know, yeah, I would be playing Gresh in the middle, I think. I think. But what what ideally what you want Gresh to become is this, you know, is the the striker type type player. Um, you know, can have 30 disposals in a game or he can have 20 and kick three goals. You know, that that sort of that sort of player you need him kicking kicking you need him hitting the scoreboard probably the most out of your midfielders given the type of player that he is. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. Ruckman, how many rucks is he? Like the number of Ruckman you need to win a premiership change throughout this year. Look at the first half of the year. Every single team that was up there was running with two Ruckman. And as the year went on, that sort of changed. Collingwood really ended up going like a Ruckman and then guy who's just really tall. And and then, um, you know, Sydney, we're just going with Tom Hickey and Geelong, we're going with like no Ruckman and they were like playing around with Stanley Blitzars and it really, really became up to, you know, there wasn't really a trend in the end. Each individual coach sort of came up with something creative. So what's Ross going to do? Obviously you got Marshall in there. He, he He's a walk-up start. Will Jack Hayes play? Is he going to go with two ruckmen? I'm obviously I'm a fan of two ruckmen because I love. I think the ruck position is so important. You can't be left vulnerable when one when your first ruck goes to the bench. You need a second ruck to come in, and we've seen that Jack Hayes can play forward and kick goals. So 
That's one, you know, and we know Hayes is going to have the work ethic. He's not a kid. He's a 27-year-old man, so he's really keen to play football. Um, I don't know if he'll be back from his ACL by round one, but in the first month of the year, he'll be back ready to go, you'd think. So, you know, will there be two rucks? And there's also Max Heath in there waiting to get his opportunity. So that'll be interesting as well. If it were me, I'd be playing Marshall in the ruck and Hayes in the forward line next to Max because Max still needs another big guy down there to help relieve the pressure. We saw the issues that he had when Ryder wasn't in the team this year and Marshall wasn't down there to help him. He was getting tag-teamed. He was having three or four guys just surround him. He was never going to take a mark. So to have Hayes, who's a fucking big boy, down there to crash packs and help him out, I think would be really, really useful. So I hope Ross plays him. I've got three guys in this next little bit that I'm sort of going to lump together. Jones, Ross, Crouch. Now, Ross and Crouch both had really, really good years this year. Um, the best year for either of them in a long time. Jones probably had his worst year for a long time. He had a couple of injuries and he came back. He was out of form. So... Give, let's assume that Windhag is going to be playing because Ross has already identified him, right? If you're playing Windhager, if you're playing Steele, who's a walk-up, playing Gresham, who's a walk-up, if you're playing a genuine wing, like obviously Hill's a walk-up, if you're playing another winger on the other wing in the sire or D-Mac or whatever, right? How much more space do you have for three more midfielders? Are you also playing Billings? Is he going to be playing in the midfield? You know, is there room for Ross and Crouch and Jones and Steele and Gresham and Windhager and Hill and Clark and like all these guys? Is there space? You know, those three are really all sort like Jones and Ross, Ross, Ross are pretty similar sort of players. Jones has got a bit more pace, which might help him under this new Ross fast era. Um, Crouch is, you know, he basically turned himself into Jack Steele this year, um, tackling machine. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's it's what, can these guys fill the gaps in their game? I think Ross is the most well-rounded of the three. Um, he's the most experienced of the three. Um so, you know, he might be the most important player to have out there. But are, are Jones and Crouch going to be able to prove their worth in the offseason? I think Jones has got a lot to prove um, out of the three of them. He was really, really out of form for most of this year when he did play. Um, so, oh man, like, can you fit all those? How many midfielders, like, on ballers? I'm not talking, let's remove the wings from the conversation. How many guys that. F- Stand under the Ruckman, can you fit in your team? Like, because do, do you have do you have a forward on the bench or do you just have an extra midfielder and rotate one forward? Probably do that. So can you fit Steele, Gresh, Windhager, Ross, Crouch, Jones? That's six. Does and and this is the thing we don't know if Clark's going to rotate through there if Billings is going to rotate through there suddenly that's eight, you know is is McKenzie going to rotate through there are they going to be playing Burns or Bytel, 
Oh, it's fascinating. God, I'm, 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 I've really become seriously excited about this today. I've been converted. So before today, before I heard him talk about the up-tempo plan, I was really worried about how much time Ross had spent out of coaching. That was my really my only concern, really. Um, and it was a big concern because three years is a long time. And I think it will take him a while. Well, no, it shouldn't take him a while at all to get back into like the, the rhythm of coaching. That He should be able to pick that up like riding a bike. What worries me is that is he still going to have his hard edge? That hard edge you have to have as a coach. That's what we're going to have to sort of wait and see. So I, I wasn't enormously thrilled about this prospect. But today, hearing him talk at the press conference, thinking like what he said about us being a fast team just unlocked my brain and got me so excited. So it's it's a really, really exciting time for Saints fans. We've got to wait a while before round one, but when it arrives, boy, we're gonna be we're gonna be going nuts if he's got this or players playing in different positions and playing players who are like, fuck, he's not our best team. Oh shit, turns out he is, turns out he's a really good player. Oh it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Um I've talked about Max already well, what can Ross turn him into? Because he's already like a pretty handy player. So can Ross make him even better? And Windhager. Windhager got a special mention in the press conference. So Ross is obviously already impressed with him. I think a lot of Saints fans were impressed with him this year. His ability to tag players, I think, is extremely useful. You think back to Clint Jones... And what Ross did with him a few times, could he be that sort of player? Um, yeah, that, that's all the names I've got written down. There's there's others, you know, like you've got the players who are going to be amazing all the time. Sinclair, Steele, Wilkie, Marshall picks himself, King picks himself. I didn't really look at the back line too much. Like we've got Highmore, Caulfield, Battle, and Wilkie all roughly the same size. I think Wilkie really, you know, picks himself. But will it be Battle and Caulfield and Highmore all sort of playing, trying to get in the same position? Um, the Zane Cordy as well. Is Cordy going to sort of compete with Howard or is Howard going to be, you know, better than him? Um, You've got to think about Patton and Webster because if you're going, if you've got Howard, Wilkie and Battle already in the team, can you then fit Patton, Caulfield, Webster? I mean, you can fit them all on Sinclair. So you got seven. Yeah, so you can do seven defenders, which is probably what you want to do. That's actually a pretty solid backline. Like Wilkie, Howard, Battle is the talls. And that battle's like the battle, Wilkie and Caulfield are all basically the same size, but they sort of play differently. So Battle, Wilkie, Howard is the talls. And then you go Caulfield, Webster, Patton is the others. And Sinclair is that running halfback. Maybe Ross will want to have two running halfbacks. Maybe he puts McKenzie to halfback. Maybe he puts an aside to halfback. I don't know. Man, God, my brain is tired <laughs> thinking about all these possibilities. Maybe I should be a coach. I'm pretty creative, you know. Do you want me to come and coach the forward line, Ross? I've never played a game of football in my life, so 
that's a good move, I'd say. All right, that will do for this one, guys. This is sort of a... Uh, it's not an emergency by any means, but I just had to fucking say something. <laughs> I had to talk about this because it's crazy. It is crazy. Can you guys believe what the fuck is happening? It's just... Oh, it's nuts. Round one is too far away, is what I think. Um, now... I'm sure you guys listening aren't like if you're listening to a footy podcast, you're probably not across the Star Wars stuff that I do, but I'm going to a wedding in Sydney on Wednesday. So I'm not going to be at home to record uh, an episode for episode eight of Andor. So I'm just going to do a post about that. My apologies. Um, I'll be back early next week, so I won't miss out on any of the football stuff. Still be able to do a women's podcast early next week. Um, that's about it at the moment. So yeah, I just thought I'd let you guys know about that. All right, remember to like and subscribe and comment and review. Let me know what you think about this whole Ross thing. I'd love to hear what people have to say. Send me a message. Um, just just comment on something. Just let me know what you think because people are divided. I think it's starting to lean a lot more towards. A positive reaction. I think people have warmed to it over the last week or so. Um, but yeah, I'm still seeing a lot of people like, I'm not, not renewing my membership. I'm blah, blah, blah. Fucking settle down, right? Give him a go. We don't have a choice. <laughs> we we haven't got a choice. <laughs> I love that uh, Bassett and Lethlane are like, oh, the St. Kilda supporters are so patient. Yeah, we kind of have to be. <laughs> we don't have much say in this enormous drought that our club has been on between premierships. <laughs> we have to be patient. We don't have a choice. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, people have been pretty negative and people have been pretty positive. So, oh, man, I just can't wait for it to be round one. It's so – I'm more intrigued than anything. I'm not even excited at this stage. I'll be excited once we start playing well. Um, but I'm just fascinated to see how Ross plays with – a positioning, moving the magnets around, what what players will sort of be unearthed, like maybe like these these list cloggers, if you will, who've been around for a while and just haven't been able to break in. We don't know what's going to happen. It's exciting. Anyway you slice it, it is exciting, Saints fans. Whether you like it or not, it's, it's going to be a wild ride. Strap yourselves in. All right. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.